Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffin, along with my good friend, Artemis Brower. Artie, how are we doing, my friend? Oh, man. Woo! I have butterflies in my stomach. I just got off work. It's my last day of work until next Tuesday. As an adult, you don't know how good it feels to have a four-day weekend upon you. And this four-day weekend is real special because obviously your boy is about to make a nine-hour trip up to Detroit first and then to Ann Arbor, Michigan on Saturday for what will be the biggest game in ECU history. So I am uber excited. Yeah, I mean, Artie, I'm excited for this game. Unfortunately, I won't be there, but it, it is something that, I mean, it's football season. It's, it's football. back, baby. We're, We're back. back. We had the first round or first week of games, week zero. Still don't know how I feel about like calling it week zero. I mean, I get not everybody's playing, but I digress. Uh, I mean, Artie, ECU football is back. So, um, really, just really excited about it. All in all, how how are we feeling going? I mean, you're driving up. What's it, a nine-hour drive, driving up to Michigan tomorrow? Yeah, getting the uh, getting a rental car. We wanted to get it sooner, but unfortunately, we can only uh, get it at 8 o'clock. So, getting it right at 8, going to hit the road right afterwards, try to be on the road by 8.30. Uh, yeah, nine hours to get up to Detroit because that's where we're staying uh, for the weekend is in Detroit, and then we're just going to drive to Ann Arbor on Saturday, but uh, we're excited. Ashley's excited. She's actually out right now as we speak, trying to get outfits. You know how women are, trying to get a weekend outfit for the game. So uh, so that's that's exciting. But, yeah, getting up there tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow night, you know, cause we, you know, depending on what time we get in. I know we'll probably go out to Detroit, get some dinner, uh, see what Detroit has to offer. I know they got, like, a casino downtown, uh, so we might hit that up, Motor, Motor City Casino downtown. So that might be a move. And then uh, Saturday, Saturday's the, the 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 big day. I told Ashley Smith to be ready to get up early because I'm trying to enjoy some of these festivities. I'm trying to enjoy some of this tailgating. I'm trying to I'm trying to get it all. I want to be in in the building in the stadium. You know we do CP time. I ain't gonna lie to you, but it ain't gonna be no CP time on Saturday. I'm trying to get into the building like an hour before kickoff so I can see everything. I want I want to witness and and be in everything. Yeah, Artie, I. I, I, if I were you, I would be there like as early as possible. I mean, oh, it's like like eight o'clock, eight thirty in the morning. Like that's what I'm you got to get up. You, you, yeah, get, you just got to get it done. Yeah, we're gonna get it done. We're gonna get it done. So, Ashley can drag if she wants to. I'll be up ready to go. My pure excitement is just gonna be out the roof. So we'll get it done. Y'all got a tailgate spot? What, what you doing? Any, any plans? Honestly, just gonna see no what's plans. happening. Just gonna see what's happening. Get up there, see what's happening. Parking's definitely. I'm trying to figure out parking first where we can park. Um, and hopefully we're not paying the arm and the leg for parking up there. And then uh, I, I guess just walking around, see what's going on. I didn't even think about that. I mean, if you don't have a parking spot, if you're just if you're driving up there and then right, right, you're in Detroit, which is what forty five minutes away. Yeah. Hey, I I've been seeing, I've been paying attention to the Twitter, the X machine, whatever you want to call it nowadays. A lot of people are going. Apparently, lots of people are on flights with purple and gold chants. From Raleigh, Charlotte, Greensboro, where have you? Chanting purple and gold. I, I love to hear it. Jay, let me let me ask you this: How many people do you think from Pirate Nation is are going to make the trip? If you had to give me a number, what is the number looking like in the big house for Pirate Nation? Uh, just an inform like 
an uninformed guess, I guess I would say. Um, I, w- I would say probably. I, I don't want to shoot too high. I'm going to say seven, seven K. You think we'll have, have 7,000 fans? I think there's a lot of people that have had this this game circled on the calendar for many years. That is, I mean, because we were talking about this when we started the podcast. So yeah. that, I mean, that's, that's definitely true. 7K is a big, I was thinking like three to five, three to five K. And, and I may be overestimating, but just by, it, it's one of those things where already, like we live in this bubble, right? Yeah. Like doing this podcast, you and I live in this bubble. I I see what other people that are major ECU fans say and are, are talking about on online and on social media. And one of those things is, I mean, a lot of people are going a lot of, I know a lot of people going and they're making that tr- drive. They're flying. Right. I mean, all in all, there's a lot of people that are going to be there. I look, it's the maze out. <clears throat> It's the maze out for uh for Michigan this week, so it's, it's gonna look you're gonna you're gonna have a bunch of gold there, and then you're also gonna have a bunch of purple as well. So um yeah, man, I I have serious FOMO right now. Like I I really yeah. hate that I'm not gonna be there, but Brother, I'm a family. To taking this trip with you, man, I really was. When we were talking about this years ago. I was excited to be taking this trip with you, but I understand. Family comes first, brother. Family I'm a family man it. now, Artie. Yeah, I'm a family man. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll make it to another away game this year. I'm, I got App State in a couple of weeks on 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 my calendar. Uh, but Artie, episode one sixty. Yes, one six zero. Do you have a number sixty for me, Jared? Don't hit me, and I know we're no. live right now. We're live. You don't have. We're, this is the oh, first live episode of the Boneyard Podcast, and you don't have one. Oh, Look, people, listen to me. We're recording this at seven thirty or seven forty-five Eastern Standard Time. I got off of work at seven fifteen. Okay, I had a call that went over. It's a lot of time. I was already off. Supposed to be off at seven, but this person just wanted to keep me on the line. All right, so that kind of dug into my prep a little bit. I don't have a sixty. I'm sorry. My condolences. Jesus Jay, you just have to give us two. Just give us two. Two? Yeah. Uh it, it was hard enough for me to come up with one, Artie. Uh I'm gonna go this I'm gonna go hard. Yeah. 60's hard. Sixty's hard. Like, what am I gonna do? Go with an offensive lineman? Um, I mean, I guess I could, but I'm not going to. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go former Cy Young Award winner, World Series champ, two time all star, five time gold glover, Dallas Keichel. Uh, pitched in 2019 okay. for the Bravos. Uh, most of his career spent, I believe, in Houston. Yeah, 2013 to 2018, or 2012 to 2018. Uh, had a stint after after he was with the Braves, with, with your White Sox. Then uh, went to the Diamondbacks, Texas Rangers, and then finished his career, or is finishing his career right now with the Minnesota Twins. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's got a couple more years in him, but I I really don't see much. I mean, he hasn't really done much in the last couple of years. Um, really, like 2017, I believe that was the year he won the won the Cy Young, and that that was really like his year. Maybe it was the 2015 year. I don't know. It was when he was with Houston, really kind of coming into who he was as a frontline starter in Major League Baseball, and 
yeah, I mean, Dallas Keuchel is is mine. So, Artie, got to say real quick, the Boneyard Podcast, proud to be members of the Variety Sports Podcast Network. If you're watching on Twitter, YouTube, wherever, go, go follow, go subscribe to the Variety Sports Network. Lots of great Lots of great content. I I actually missed. I, I had to miss our uh, fantasy draft the other night, so I haven't even looked at my team. I, I've been so busy. That, that's what happens when you work in marketing, Artie. When you work in marketing, the last few days of the month are always the busiest. And um, yeah, unfortunately, didn't get to draft. But hey, I, I I can I can still win a so I can how- still win a fantasy football league with. Uh, with the auto draft, you got to you got to let us know how the auto draft with. I'll, I'll have to look at it. I don't I honestly look at it. I don't even have the login because it's not it's not on ESPN. We're not on no, ESPN. You're, you're gonna finish dead last just for that. You have you haven't even looked at your lineup yet. You're gonna finish dead last. Probably right. <laughs> but uh, honestly, already it it doesn't matter. Go go check out Variety Sports Network, Variety Sports yeah. Collegiate. There's a lot of great content out there. Um, lots of we got the Saturday football show um, that, that's coming out, doing a lot of great content there. So yeah, check it out. Um, Artie, real quick about about fantasy football. Our fantasy draft is next week. Have yeah. we ever decided on on a punishment in our fantasy football league? I don't think we have. I think guys? I think the punishments are either like way too soft or they're just way too like dumb. Like the, I, like the one that we have where you just you're, you're paintballing somebody. With that would just have been a, funny. Just a tank top on? No, you. I'm. I'm. I kill one of y'all. If y'all think for <laughs> one second I'm gonna let you shoot straight paintballs at my bare body, I'm. I'm Why killing not? you. Um, Why no, not? No, no, that's not. Uh, that's not what. That's not what I do. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm not signing up for that one. I don't care. Already, you you, you should. That should. Jared, that's something that high school and college kids do. I'm pushing 30. I'm too old to be doing stuff. I'm not doing that. I love how I was like the oldest guy in our group that that recommended it too. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, Artie, I, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of we've talked about the Waffle House challenge. I mean, it's a, explain, I, explain that to me again. What, what What is the Waffle House? Is that we're just eating a bunch of waffles? So like you go to Waffle country? House. You get a Waffle House, and you're you're there for 24 hours. You have to sit in Waffle House for 24 hours. And then, so the way you get out earlier is you eat a waffle. So if every waffle you eat, Artie, you get an hour taken off your off your sentence. Oh, okay. Well, that's not too bad. I'm, I'm crushing at least 15. Crushing you're crushing 15 waffles, so yeah. you're there for nine hours. Yeah, I'm crushing at least 15 waffles. Their waffles are like thin too, but you also have to understand that's a lot of breading. You got to have syrup with it. You got to have water with it. You're going to get full. You're going to get full rather quickly. Give give me, give me like five waffles in the first hour. Then I'm going to take a break. Okay. I'm going to do another five waffles. I'm going to take like an hour break. Right. Let it kind of phone a little bit. Digest the smart. Knock out another chuck, chuck some water, maybe maybe uh visit the facilities. And then um yeah, I mean I like that one. I think 
the one that I suggested, and honestly, I know nobody would was going to go for it, where instead of it, the winner winning money, what they do is the money that is in the pot, in the pool, the winner can take that money and they buy the loser a plane ticket. No, that's hell no. No. <laughs> and they have to even, go Even somewhere. if I could send the loser to Siberia, I want that money. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> I'm not doing that. I want that money. Artie, you don't you don't have to worry about it. You're not gonna win anyways. I won two years ago. Stop playing with me. Mm. You you won on like some bullshit too. Oh yeah, okay. If you if you want if you want to call it te- if you want to call 16 weeks of technicality, okay. I mean, Artie, like okay. I think was that the year that it was you and I in the in the championship game? I actually think I think that was I think and it was. I, th- I think you beat me by like a point. I was so mad. Yeah. Well, so I, mad. I, I I finessed my way into the championship game because AC had uh who he had Cooper Cup. He Cooper Cup literally needed one more reception to beat me. One with half a quarter left, and they took him out the game. It's like I beat you in the I beat you in the regular season. I, maybe it was you. I don't know. Beat you in the regular season because I uh my. Defense got a fumble recovery, like with 30 seconds left, and that that was a good feeling. But yeah, to lose by like a point or two in in the championship was not a uh, was not a very fun time. All right, Artie, let's get into it. Let's do it. All right, uh, first things first. We've got some pirates signing some contracts in the NFL. Three guys signed. Uh, on the practice squad for their respective teams. All of them undrafted. N- nobody drafted from ECU this year. First things first, Holden Aylers signs with the Seahawks. Yep. I, I thought, I mean, I, I didn't think that he was going to pass Drew Locke. But I, I thought, like, there for a little bit, I thought there may be a chance that he could pass Drew Locke. Like, well, there's the slightest bit of in, inside of me that I was like, he he couldn't mess around it and make this team. I, I I only saw one preseason game where Houghton played, um, and I, and I got to see pretty much a whole quarter of him play. He looked good when he was out there, right? Like he was moving around. He was more. He looked more mobile than he ever did at ECU. He was out there running a rock with precision uh, up there in Seattle. I forget who they were playing in that preseason game that I saw. Um, it was last week when I was watching, but I was like, okay, he's he's definitely making a case to at least make this roster. He is not out there fumbling. He, he looks competent. He looks like someone who's where the stage isn't too big for him. Um, he looks like someone who played college football for five years. And he looked like he could step in and, you know, at least be a backup in the NFL. So it doesn't shock me at all. And I, I agree with you. I do think there was an opportunity for him to surpass Drew Locke. Um, obviously, you know, he might need a little bit more experience and, and you know, kind of you know, under his belt to get that. But uh, at least being signed to the practice squad is some progress. The man didn't get cut. So, Yep, and then Ryan Jones also signs a practice squad deal with the New York Giants. To be honest, didn't see much out of him, but hey, they they had to have seen something. And we all know what Ryan Jones can do. I mean, former linebacker from Oklahoma. Yeah. And then transitioned into a tight end at ECU and I mean, we all we all know the kind of freak athlete that he is. There he he's got a big body too. He may he may not be as tall as some of the top end tight ends in in the NFL, but he's gonna. I, I could see him getting onto a team if, if somebody gets hurt 
later on in the season. I, I think that that would be anything that had him is it, going to be very happy. And then, of course, shout out our our guy, friend of the podcast, Isaiah Winstead. Yes. Isaiah Winstead, friend of the podcast. Um, just Just thinking of it, I mean, we had him on. Man, we had him on a while ago, I guess. Right when yeah. he right when he committed or transferred in, had him on. And I know uh I know Brandon Avery, friend of the podcast, longtime friend of the podcast, uh has been calling him Isaiah Hempstead. And uh <laughs> it's time he gets his due, man. He's so underrated as well. Like so underrated. How he went what what was it he was listed as? He was an all conference Honorable, honorable mention. mention. I, don't even, I, don't even, I don't know. You know what the hell that means? An honorable mention. Stop that. I don't. I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know how you give it to him. Like, give that to him. He, to me, he was one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver, in the conference last year. I mean, just all around insane talent, insane length. Speed, he had it all. I mean, and he was going to get hits. It didn't matter who you lined up against him. Isaiah Winstead was going to go out there and get hits. Period. So he he's gonna he's gonna get another shot. I, I think I think all of these guys have a shot to eventually crack the fifty three man roster. I really do. I, I think I, I don't think that they're going to be sitting on the sidelines for long. I, I think someone's. Gonna, I mean, if somebody goes down, they're going to be one of the first one or two guys that they probably bring up from the practice squad because these guys are talented. And the one we haven't talked about, Artie, our dude, Deuce. Chuck up the Deuce. He's the one with the most upside. Keen Mitchell makes the 53-man roster with the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, <laughs> pretty much cost Melvin Gordon his job. Maybe, maybe ended Melvin Gordon's career. I don't know. Um, but he has that insane speed. He, he's a, he's a freak athlete when it comes to his speed and his elusiveness. And I mean, imagine a backfield with him and Lamar Jackson. Insane. It, it would not surprise me if the Baltimore Ravens fucked around and made, won the, uh, won the Super Bowl. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. And, and the reason why I say he has the most upside is because the Ravens do have a tendency to get hurt, right? So a Gus Edwards, a J.K. Dobbins, either one of those guys could get, you know, significant. I'm not hoping that this happens, God forbid, because they're both phenomenal running backs. Um, but it can happen, and it's happened before, and his number could get called. And when his number gets called, I could see him being one of those guys that's not going to relinquish the opportunity that he gets. So that's why I say Keaton Mitchell definitely has the most upside. Yeah, I mean, Keen Mitchell's gonna he's gonna ball out, and he, he's gonna get he's gonna get his. Another guy already that that made the fifty three man roster, Jaquan McMillan. Yeah, Island, Winston Salem boy. He he really came on late late last year for the for the Broncos, and I think he got a lot of he got more and more playing time this this. Uh, this training camp in this preseason and 
I, I think that he's going to end up being – he's going to mess around and he's going to become a starter for the Broncos. And there's going to be a lot of teams looking at him after he really shows out this year saying, hey, we, we missed on one in the draft two years ago. Yes. Jaquan yeah, McMillan's that dude. And sometimes you just need time to grow into a pro. I mean, the, the intangibles and the skill was there. I just think he just needed some time to grow into a pro. He's probably still growing into a pro, right? But, you know, the, the skill set, the intangibles, the NFL body, that's all there, right? That's all there for the taking. So it was just time. He, he just had to have that time to kind of grow into and mature into a pro. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, Artie, those guys are, are no longer with the team. Did did we see actually? Did Blake did Blake Prohl make the team? Man, I'm I'm a, I'm being a bad power right now because I have no idea. I couldn't tell. I haven't seen anything on him. I haven't I haven't heard anything about Blake Prohl. I don't know. We'll have we'll have to do some do some research. Uh, if anything, he he may have. Nope. Blake Prohl cut by the cut by the Vikings. Mm. It doesn't. I don't see anything about signing a practice squad deal you know blake blake has a pretty uh lucrative singing career going on i don't know if you now, been... that I have to I, I, I do know he's out here uh he's out there getting he's ser- out there putting girls in their fields yeah he's serenading i mean i don't know he's got those vocals he's got those golden vocals and i mean i didn't know i didn't know he had that I, I looking didn't. at him i would have never guessed yeah but um, hey, what do I know? Not much, I guess. Um, all right, Artie, ECU football is back. Yes. How excited are you for this football season? Hey, two back-to-back winning seasons. Going into Mike Houston's fifth year. How excited are you that ECU football is back? I'm ecstatic. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely ecstatic. I'm just, I'm just happy the football's back. I'm happy to be covering ECU football again. I'm happy to go into these games. Um, now, there is some caution to it, right? I mean, with all the roster turnover, with all the uncertainty that we have going on with this team going into this year, I, I do think there needs to be some, some, you know, calls for pause and maybe lower the expectations. You know, and, and when we say lower the expectations, I mean, obviously it's not like we were winning, you know, ten or eleven football games, but to go eight and five the way we did last year and win a bowl game, I'm not too sure if this team has that in them. They do, well, they do have it in them. I'm just not sure if it's going to happen, right? So I don't, I don't want people out there saying, "Well, this ECU team is going to win nine, 10, 11 football games." I think you got to hamper expectations just a little bit, just because I, we're going to see early on. I, I really think in these first three games, we're going to see what kind of football team we really have. This is a crucial and pivotal year for Mike Houston, but I do think he gets a bit of a mulligan just because of all the turnover and everything, all the uncertainty that's going on in this fifth year that he's entering into. But I'm more excited for these, really these first three games, because you're really going to see what this particular brand of ECU football has made, what this roster is made of out the gate. Now, let me ask you, Artie, would you say that this ECU roster, as it sits now, going into week one, would you say that this is the most – because this is kind of my feeling. This is the most talented team that Mike Houston has had and that ECU has probably had in a very long time, if ever. They just aren't as experienced as some of those teams from the last two years. Right. And, and Would you that, agree with that? 
I would absolutely – I would agree that this is, if not the most talented, a top three, top two most talented team that he's had here at his tenure at ECU. But that experience is important, and this this is a team that really, really lacks experience. But that's why they're going to get it. I mean, they're, they're going to get a, an ultra-concentrated, you know, version of that experience. They're going to grow up real quick in those first three games. That's why I say the non-conference is so crucial to this season because they're going to grow up quick. Right. They're, they're, they're going to get it right off, right off the rip. Um, and so that's why I'm excited, because you, you do have all this talent and then they're not kind of easing. They're not back during the way into the season, not easing the way into the season. It's just OK, right off the rip. We're getting into it. We're getting into some stiff competition teams that are expected to either, you know, obviously one is ranked number two and you're going to go on and do whatever they do. And then the other two are really good in their own right. You know, you got a Marshall and the App State that are expected to be really good in their conferences and go on and win bowl games. So. That's why I'm excited because I agree that, yes, this is the most talented team that we have, but I also feel like they're going to gain that experience within the first three to four weeks of the season. They're going to be ready to go. Um, but I do also think that the expectations for this season do need to be hampered down just a little bit because we don't know. It's a lot of uncertainty. Now, does it scare you or do you think it's gamesmanship that Coach Houston, Coach Kirkpatrick, Donnie Kay haven't, have decided not to name a starter and, and said you'll – See who it is at twelve oh one Saturday. Plenty of coaches have done this, but they're not running for office. And I, I like, like Coach Coach Houston is not running for political office. I don't I don't I don't need nor do I want a political answer. I want you to tell me who it is. I mean, at, at this point, come on, man. Mason's been sitting here for how many years and sitting behind Holt, and we're all expecting for Mason to be the guy, and for you to not come out and say, okay, yes, you know, Mason. He's shown progress. He's the clear-cut one. Yes, we like what Flynn is doing. Flynn has pushed him really hard. But, you know, Flynn is going to be our backup. Mason's our one. That's what I wanted to hear. When you don't come out and confidently tell me that Mason's our one, why? Why? I, I, I'm leaning more on the side of, of its gamesmanship, and that, that's exactly what it is. Is hey, and, that, and that's great, too. But, again, we're not running for office. And I get it. I, I get it. Um I don't know. I, I think it's Mason, but the fact that they said that it could be, they have three quarterbacks that they could be. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really like that comment. But that's that's a that's a stretch. It's never it, at it, at this point. Game one is right around the corner. There's could you never imagine throwing? Could you imagine throwing yeah. freshman Raheem Jeter into the mix? All right, kid, it's your time to shine. Welcome <laughs> to the big house. Welcome to Ann Arbor, Michigan. No. No, this this close to the season starting, there's never three that they're thinking about. At the most, it's just two. Yeah, I I think Jeter Jeter will eventually probably redshirt by the end of the year, unless unless there's something terrible that happens, like one of the guys gets an injury early in the season. I, I think Jeter he'll I I think he'll end up redshirting after this year or sometime during this year. Um, so. Artie, let's let's talk ECU predictions. Okay. Okay, we've talked about we've talked long and hard over the last twelve weeks or so about all the teams that we're we're gonna face. I the over under is set at five and a half. I still don't believe in that. I don't agree with that at all. I, I do think that there's more than five wins in there. What what are you what's your gut telling you? As far as win totals, as far as win totals, and I mean, if you want to, we can run we can run through the schedule again. But 
my my gut is telling me six. And my, my gut six is telling six. me six. Yeah. I see six wins on this schedule. I see six losses on this schedule. I think I I think with this schedule, I mean, you gotta remember this is the toughest schedule in, in the American Athletic Conference. Yeah. ECU is playing the toughest schedule in the conference. And with that being said, I still think that there's at least six wins. I I still my hot take all 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 season all summer already has been that ECU knocks off two of the three SMU UTSA or Tulane. I think they win two of those games. Hey, they may lose they may they may start the season one and two. But I think they win two of those games. I just have you get Tulane at, at home. I, I'm not really sure how I feel about Tulane. Was it last year just a off the wall season? Are are they for real? I mean, I, I like to believe that they're for real, but are they really real? Right. right. Um, SMU, I I'm not as high on them as some other people are. So I still believe that there's two wins in, in the there's two potential wins in those three games. Like I would not be surprised if ECU won two of those games. My my gut would tell me it would be SMU and Tulane just because you're at home for those games. You don't have to go on the road like you do to UTSA and play in the Alamo Dome. Um, I'm going to say seven wins. Okay. I I think seven wins. I think there's enough. You've got some tough games in there. You've got a lot of tough games in there, but I think with coach Houston's mentality, you got a bunch of guys that, while they don't have playing experience, they have experience in the program. They know the mentality. They know what it's what it's like to be a pirate. And with that being said, I, I think for them, they're gonna say, "Okay, hey, we we know what we're doing. We've played under these guys that built this program back up." Yeah. I I that's kind of where I'm leaning. Is okay. Yes, the playing experience is isn't there but these guys have been in the program they know the playbook they know they know the schemes they know all that they just got to go out there and execute and if they do that this could be a very magical season um because nobody nobody believes in them not one soul outside of greenville or pirate nation well that's all that's all it always is believes in east carolina university we talked about last week what what did app state lose 28 guys Graduated 28 people. And then they lost 14 to the transfer portal? Yep. I mean, you lose 42 guys off your 80-man roster, and they're still predicting them to – or putting them at, like, seven wins? I don't know. People, for whatever reason, people don't believe in ECU. When they've shown – ECU has shown them time and time again, granted, different iterations of this ECU – team mm. has shown time and time again don't sleep on us and do i think that they're gonna make noise and play for a conference championship this year no i don't but i do think that they're gonna they may play uh they may play spoiler to some to some uh programs that are trying to get to that conference championship but Artie, so you say six and six i say six and six yeah okay I'm, I'm gonna say seven and five. 
I'm just gonna say seven and five. Just because I, I do I do expect and 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 I hope they don't, but I, I just see ECU doing ECU things, and and I just feel like they're gonna drop one that they shouldn't drop. They're gonna drop one maybe to a Tulsa or to a Navy. Like they're gonna drop one that they should not drop. Yeah, I mean that that Navy win or that Navy game is almost always scheduled in or penciled in as an L for me. <laughs> Hate playing them. Hate playing them. Uh, but already, let's do what what we're here to do. We're here to break down ECU versus Michigan. Facts. We're here to break down ECU versus Michigan. This is the first podcast of a new season. ECU has a tall task. They got to go on the road and play the number two team in the country. A team that finished, I believe, top five in offense last year and top 10 in defense or vice versa. Um, let, let's break it down. We got Michael Smelter, uh, founder and senior content creator for the Wolverine Chronicle, coming on the Boneyard podcast. Michael. Welcome to the Boneyard Podcast. How you doing, my friend? Man, I am doing great. I'm ready for some football. Let's How are go. you guys doing? Fantastic. I I am. I mean, yeah, I, I'm so ready for Saturday. My, my wife texted me this morning. She said, hey, I know Saturday you're watching the game. Like, she's off work for the first Saturday in what seems like forever. And she goes, I know you're watching the game, but, like, should, should I invite my friends over? And I was like, no. <laughs> No, don't invite them over. This is this is an ECU only house on Saturday. So, well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Sorry to interrupt, well, Jared. Good, I'm just going to jump. I'm going to jump right in on that because, uh, you know, inviting the friends over that sounds nice. You know, maybe have some hors d'oeuvres passed around and whatnot. This is college football season. I've been counting down the days until I get I get to see my team play. Don't yeah. don't make me have uh, superficial conversations with random people during the football game. I'm trying to focus I, here, you know. I, I told her I was like, "Look, so and so's coming over. Her husband's a Tennessee fan. Tennessee plays at the same time. I'm not going to be turning off ECU Michigan to watch Tennessee Virginia play. <laughs> like I'm I'm just not." Like, I, I don't care about that game. So she was like, yeah, that's probably – they're, they're going to want to watch Tennessee. They're not going to want to come here anyways. So everything worked out. Everybody, I was like, okay, everybody's going to be happy. Guys are going to watch college football. The women are going to sit there and, and hang out with us. And we're going to just enjoy our day. We're just going to enjoy our day. I, I walked outside today, and I was like, man, it, it's starting – like, it almost felt like fall this morning. I don't know, Artie, if you felt the same way. It was gorgeous outside today. Nice crisp breeze. It was. It, it felt fresh in the air. It's like, oh yeah, football's back. I, I was. Yeah. It just smelled different, felt different, tasted different. Michael, uh, I'm sure in Ann Arbor and and around Michigan, y'all are chomping at the bit to get back into it after, after what happened last season in the college football playoff. Won't talk much about it, but talk to us a little bit about like the expectations and. What the how the fan base feels going in, in into the twenty twenty three season? Yeah, Jared, we try not to talk about the college football playoff. That's like that's like off limits. And you know, it's a new year. Uh, we've got a lot of guys coming back. Uh, the expectations for this team are as high as we have really 
ever seen them. I mean, we're talking about since 1997 when we split the national championship with Nebraska. That was probably, uh, and even that season, we didn't come in with those expectations. And so we're returning a lot of talent. Uh, There's a lot of nervous energy among Michigan faithful because high expectations, it just comes with a lot of, uh, a lot that can go wrong. You know, you got a team like East Carolina, eight and five last year, won a bowl game, uh, hungry to upset a giant like Michigan. And we know that, and and we respect East Carolina. Um, I'm one of these people that doesn't necessarily think that we can just walk in with our eyes closed and, and you know, get a 52 to nothing blowout. You know, I, I think people that say things like that don't understand how hard college athletes work. You know, you guys got a team over there that are working their butts off that are, that are ready to go. And, and so uh, do I think that we can win by multiple touchdowns? I'm, yeah. Yes, of course I do. But, but uh, you know, I'm no stranger to Appalachian state, you know, like we, we, we've experienced uh, some pain and heartache before. So I'm, I'm praying and hoping that the coaches and players are ready. Uh, I think they are. But uh, we have tremendous respect for East Carolina. Yeah, you know, Michael, I, I want to ask, you know, because for pretty much all of these ECU, you know, athletes and coaches, this is going to be their first time up you know, to the big cows, to an environment like this. What can we expect going up to Ann Arbor, going into the big house for the first time? What is that environment going to be like? What can we expect uh, from everybody in Ann Arbor? Well, the environment is electric. Uh, Artie, have you ever been to the big house or? I, I have not. No, I will. I am making a trip this weekend, so I'll be there this weekend. All right, That's all right, man. It's time. you know, it's like the mecca of college football, man. You're gonna love it. Uh, it's it, I, I always compare it a little bit to Lambeau Field because it, oh. it's not. And I've never been to Lambeau, but I'm just I'm kind of assuming it's it, it's an older stadium. It's got a lot of history. It's not. Uh, you know, it's not one of the most newly renovated tech savvy stadiums you're ever going to go to. But when you walk in, you feel the history, you know, 110,000 fans, it's, it's sold out every, every single game, every single year is sold out. And, uh, which is saying something for the biggest stadium in the country. So you're, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, be glad that it's not a night game because we just installed for the first time ever, which is big news for us. Uh, you know, the, the light show we've got bowling green is good. Bowling green is going to walk in week three and and not know what hit him. So just be glad you guys are playing uh, during the day. Love it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, as cool as that is to see, I I don't know as an opponent, if I would want to see that in the big house, especially with how highly touted Michigan is right now. I, I would want, I do want to ask you mentioned the coaches. I mean, everything going on with, with hardball now, how, what's kind of like the vibe I would say around around the media around the the locker room what what are you kind of picking up from from how Michigan's feeling about it it's very different than than the things that you would hear said about Harbaugh three years ago you know when at, during that COVID season it was tough there was a lot of uh, fire Harbaugh chatter uh, Harbaugh has won over the Michigan faithful from the the, you know, the players to the media, to the event staff, to the boosters, like everybody's behind Harbaugh in Ann Arbor. And so uh, we think it's ridiculous. Um, I hope you don't mind me saying we think the NCAA has become a joke. We think that, uh, you know, we, we, we think that 
the way that they're uh, investigating and pursuing this particular suspension is completely hypocritical, hypocritical, given the uh, bag dropping that's going on around the country, you know, and so uh, to answer your question, Jared, it's it's uh, supportive. It, it's hung, hungry. You know, it kind of gave us something in this in this non-conference. It gave us some, something to feel like we have a chip on our shoulder about, which which I'm not sure is good news for you guys, but it, it, you know, it, it helps, you know, it helps keep them hungry and give us something to play for. And so I do think that the leadership on this team is, has got these guys focused. For sure. And uh, talk, talk a little bit about Jesse mentor. I mean, he's going to be the guy at the, at the reins on Saturday, defensive coordinator for Michigan, taking over a head coaching job for uh, September 2nd. Yeah. So Jesse mentor, he, he, kind of came out of nowhere you know if you're if you're not like a, a real avid or even if you are a real avid college football follower you're you probably didn't know Jesse Minter's name before a couple of years ago he he uh really got his break with John Harbaugh with the Ravens he bounced around went to Vanderbilt um when Mike McDonald last year uh went back to coach for John Harbaugh with the Ravens we were looking for a guy to keep the momentum going not have to generate a whole new system and that's when Harbaugh went out and got mentor who uh, was very familiar with the defensive schemes that we're used to so um, a lot of people don't know uh, Jesse mentor's dad is actually a defensive analyst uh, on Michigan as well and so there there's it's all in the family here we got Harbaugh's appointing his his son and his dad you know coaching responsibilities uh, mentors got his dad around and um, he's just he's one of these guys that uh, is young focused, energetic. He's a player's coach. The guys believe in him. Uh, if you look at the Michigan coaching staff four, four or five years ago, a lot of older guys, a lot less energy, and and that translated onto the field, right? Like it, it, we, we didn't see that that energetic pop, that, that uh, you know, ferocity on the field. And so Mentor is one of the handful of coaches that's, that's made a difference. Gotcha, gotcha. And Michael, I want to just ask you about the game itself, you know, because obviously, you know, Michigan has the expectations of competing for a national championship this year. Uh, but what are some weaknesses, if any, uh, that Michigan has that maybe ECU can try to exploit uh, in this game on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. So um, if, if you look at weaknesses, uh, I've got some good news for you guys, actually. I, you know, I've got to I, I come bearing gifts. I'm going to I'm going to give you the I'm going to. I give you the gift of hope, right? <laughs> you yeah, know, and yeah. and hopefully, hope hopefully for my sake, uh, we snatch that gift back from you on Saturday. But but uh, he here's why I'm giving you a little bit of hope. Um, if you were going to point out two weaknesses on this Michigan team, it would be depth at wide receiver and depth at cornerback uh, safety. You know, the, the, we've got re a really strong secondary, but not a lot of depth. And what's been trickling out of uh, the end of fall camp here is that we've got injuries in both of those departments. And so it looks like um, we may be without both of our starting safeties. Makari Page and Rod Moore uh, may not take the field week one, which, of course, opens up the possibility of big plays for ECU. Um, and then there's been rumors that we're, we're missing at least two, maybe three wide receivers and so uh you know i do i think that that 
this Michigan team is stacked from top to bottom and can probably be just fine. Like, yeah, probably. But, uh, you know, it makes us, uh, yeah, as Michigan followers, it makes us a little nervous to hear, you know, week zero injuries, right? Well, and these guys cool. haven't even hit the field yet. And so it looks like minor injuries. So that's good for us. Uh, but if they're out, you know, if they're out a, a week or so, that gives you guys, a, you know, a little bit of a benefit. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much missing three wide receivers helps us even with, I mean, you still got JJ McCarthy and, and Blake Corum. In that yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- those two guys are what, at least I, th- I think w- last I saw Corum was like plus 5,000 to win the Heisman. And then JJ was, I think plus 1100. So, I mean, talk about those guys. The, I mean, those seem to be like outside the offensive line, the strength of, of this offense. I mean, there's not a weak spot on the offense. There really isn't. There really isn't. And uh, even in the, you could say the receivers could be, but they're really not. They're just, they're just kind of underrated, disrespected receivers. Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson are still very good, very experienced leaders on this team. And then uh, Colston Loveland, the tight end is, is uh, a weapon as well. Um, but let's, yeah, let's definitely talk about the the O-line. You, that's how you talk dirty to a Michigan fan. You know, you, you say, let's talk about the O-line to a Michigan fan and they get excited. We're, we're a little different than, than other fan bases in that respect. So uh, Zach Zinter and Trevor Keegan, uh, left guard, right guard, it could be the best at their position respectively in the entire country. Uh, transferred uh, Drake Nugent at center. Um, also could be one of those top guys and, and I could go down the list. There's about 10 more to list that are all, you know, all conference caliber players. And so the challenge for a team like ECU is Michigan's the type of team that will line up, uh, show you a run formation, not do anything fancy, do exactly, you know, exactly what they lined up to do, run it through the a gap and, and still manage to get, you know, 12 yards a carry it's just the kind of team that Michigan has been the last couple of years and so uh you know we've been we've been able to do it against the Ohio states and the Penn states and so we might get a little fancy and sling the rock around against ECU but um when it's all said and done Michigan's bread and butter is lining it up trying to force it down the opponent's throat and so um East Carolina I would assume uh, would need to stack the box and and even then it's going to be tough for sure. Artie. So I, I do want to ask you this, because I mean, obviously, you know, with the expectations around this team, but I, I think Michigan, you know, competing for a big 10 conference championship, that's the norm at this point. Right. Uh, maybe even, you know, beating an Ohio state There's two straight times. They're expected to beat Ohio state this year, but can this Michigan team get over the hump? and beat what's a Georgia or an SEC team in the college football playoff for the national championship. Do you think that this Michigan team has that in them? 100%, man. I'm here's the thing is I'm not, I'm not going to say no, right? Like I'm, and just, I'm not a member of the traditional media, you know, like a lot of times the traditional, the traditional media has to like be careful about what they say like just just so you guys can get to know me a little bit I'm a diehard Michigan fan through and through so there's no way in there's no way in hell I'm gonna hop on this podcast and be like (laughs) you know be like oh seven and five you know Alamo Bowl you know like no no like we're we're gonna see you there yeah 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 we're going 15 and oh you know like we're gonna uh, hopefully beat 
you know, Georgia or somebody similar in the, in the college football playoff and in the national championship. Um, But, you know, the, if there was a game on our schedule that, that concerns me a little bit, it's uh, of course, it's always Ohio state, but this year it's on the road at Penn state because happy Valley is such a a tough place to play. And so Mm -hmm. I'm keeping my eye on that one. For sure. Yeah. I mean, what I would give to to be like, oh yeah, we can go fifteen and zero. I mean, yeah. I, I would give everything for that. I mean, and you talk about you talk about being a fan first and not a normal person of the media, right? That that's Artie and I. I mean, Artie and I are, are fans first, and that, that's kind of what we build our podcast off of. So glad to hear that. We need more of that around around college football media. We got a bunch of the old man media, like like we like to call them. Even here in Greenville, North Carolina, where you, you've got a couple of different media outlets. We don't have the seven. I think there's like 17 podcasts covering Michigan, it seems like. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I mean, I also want to talk about, I mean, the fan base, everything going into Michigan Stadium. Talk about the history. You talked a little bit about the history of the stadium. Talk about the history and then like some of the traditions, some of your favorite traditions at Michigan. Well, there's nothing quite like the maize and blue winged helmets coming out of the tunnel. The the recently named Lloyd Carr Tunnel, which of course is a coach of ours that we love and respect. Um, nothing nothing like those helmets, you know, coming out. The guys jumping up and hitting the go, go blue banner with the hail to the victors, our our fight song playing in the big house. Um, it's it's just uh, a one. I'm getting chills just talking about it right now you know it's it's a it's one of those things that everybody needs to experience and um there's some newer traditions that are that are you know kind of fun with around the third quarter the whole stadium sings uh mr Brightside by the killers which is you know there's some other fan bases that kind of do some similar stuff so we we do that that which is fun but a tradition that i'm hoping reemerges this season is we, we've got a long-standing tradition around wide receivers wearing the number one. Um, it goes back to a guy by the name of Anthony Carter, who is a legendary receiver at Michigan. And then many years later, we had uh, David Terrell, who was a fantastic receiver, and then uh, Braylon Edwards and Derek Alexander. And these guys were all you know high, uh, high draft picks in the NFL wearing the number one. And uh, it just came out that uh, Roman Wilson – current wide receiver on the team has has transitioned to the number one and so for us wow. it's exciting because it it just indicates you know that this guy might be uh due for a big season and and uh you know i'm one of those superstitious guys where i'm i'm feeling like the number change actually gives them an extra 200 yards on the season but you know <laughs> but who who knows you know it's it's one of those traditions that we like to keep track of now, my, I, this this is a personal question for me because obviously you know I'm I'm super excited to go up this weekend. This is my first time you know going to one of the meccas of college football, going to Ann Arbor. Games at noon. It's gonna be over by four o'clock. What are the spots in Ann Arbor that I gotta hit? Bars, restaurants, what have you? Like what would be yeah the spots yeah. It's a good question, man. You gotta hit a place called Frida, uh, Frida Batidos. I think is how you say it. Okay. Yeah, and that uh, look, just look up uh, Frida, and it'll pop up in Ann Arbor. But okay. I, I, I gotta warn you, man, the line is gonna be around the the corner. Gotcha. So you gotta, you know, 
plan accordingly. Uh, Zingerman's Deli is a, is a popular one. Uh, again, definitely plan ahead uh, and just walk around downtown. I mean, there's uh, Ann Arbor is a food city. Uh, walk around. You know, it's not a very big. It's not a big downtown. You can you can walk there from the stadium. Basically, you know, it's a little bit of a hike, but it's 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 all pretty condensed. It's just a college town, so mm-hmm. it's beautiful this time of year. So. Um, I, yeah, that, that would be my one recommendation. If you want to hit a, maybe a sports bar, you go to Hopcat. Hopcat would be the spot to hit a, hit a game in downtown Ann Arbor, you know, but while you're, you know, what, you know, you want to watch the other college football games, you know, so definitely go there and check it out. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. We all, we always like talking food. At least I do on on the podcast. Yeah. That's right up our I I probably, I probably shouldn't go here because I haven't eaten dinner yet, but. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it, what is, is there something that like Ann Arbor, Michigan known for? Uh, I mean, is there something like, a, I mean, you got a Chicago style pizza and I, I know you got Detroit style pizza too. What, what, what's like the one thing that like, Oh, I'm, I'm in Ann Arbor. I, I got to get this. Well, I'll probably have some people yell at me for this. Cause it might not be the traditional answer, but, uh, Ann Arbor has a, a crazy good uh, Asian scene. And so there, there's, yeah, you guys will see that too. There's a lot of cool, like, you know, Asian restaurants, ramen, pokey, like different things. And it, it's, it's very authentic, very good. Um, of course, the Detroit style pizza, you know, it, it's basically a suburb of Detroit. So you can get some good pizza, but um, it almost does a disservice to, to Ann Arbor to uh try to whittle it down to one category it, it really is it's like a food town it's a very very good food spot good to hear that good to hear that um I, i've really only got one more question michael and I, I like to ask this especially anytime we play non-conference games and ones of of the caliber of michigan from an outsider's perspective i mean we like to believe that ecu is is maybe not as well-known as Michigan on the national level, but we like to believe that ECU is fairly well-known at the group of five level. What is an outsider's perspective of East Carolina University, East Carolina football? You know, I've I've been uh, documented re- this week, uh, and, and a lot of people have been giving me shit about it, quite honestly, but – I've, I've been documented saying that uh, East Carolina is the, the non-conference team that I'm most concerned about. They make me nervous. Uh, and, and the, you know, I think we've got UNLV and Bowling Green. It's not a, not a scary non-conference schedule. Um, but of those three teams, right when they came out, East Carolina is, is the team that, that jumps out to me. Uh, solid coach. You know, you guys got a, a, re- a really good, good coach and uh that's one of the the pieces of the recipe um to to like a big upset and so i get a little nervous when i see a team like east carolina because if we you know if we beat them by multiple scores everybody says like oh you're supposed to do that anyway but if you know if you guys play a play close and you know god forbid we lose then of course it becomes you know the second coming of app state did did you know here this is one thing that I didn't know. Mike Houston coached against App State the week after App State beat Michigan. Did you know that? 
I feel like I feel like somebody mentioned that to me, like Igo or somebody. <laughs> somebody said something to me. Somebody said something to me about that, but I, I, yeah, it rings a bell. Now, let me ask you. I know I said last question. I always do this. Let me ask you. Did you you know any history about Mike Houston? And, I mean, he coached at the Citadel, and he was he. This was the coaching staff. Him and the defensive coordinator. I wasn't. I'm not sure if Donnie Kirkpatrick was on on staff then. They, at the Citadel, took Alabama to halftime. I believe ten ten. I mean, that's just unbelievable. You know, <laughs> like like I, I I couldn't point to the Citadel on a map. Like I, I if you yeah. asked me to. Yeah, if you ask me to point to it, I could be twelve hundred miles off. Okay, that, Charleston, that, South Carolina. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know how a team like that uh, goes up against a team like Bama. Um, and you know, Michigan has been known to to play close in the first half for whatever reason. Uh, I'm hoping that that doesn't continue this season because it's just it just gives you anxiety in that first yeah. half. But um, typically, we pull it out in the second half. But um, that's what I know about Mike Houston. I know uh, that he's a solid coach, and he's going to have his guys ready for sure. Well, Michael, go ahead and plug where where everybody can find you and and listen to your podcast, find your content, and uh, yeah, and, and best of luck to you uh, going going into the season. Thank you so much, guys. And let me just say, I listened uh, to basically the whole episode last week that y'all did. Uh, great podcast, man. It's it, it really. It really comes through when guys, you know, kind of like you were saying, Jared, when guys care about the team, when you guys actually uh, are invested in what's going on. And that that really comes through on the podcast. I really enjoyed listening to it, especially when you guys were talking about Michigan. It kind of made me grin a little bit because, <laughs> you know, I, was, I knew we were going to have this conversation. So um, thank you for having me on. It's, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, you guys can find me if any of your listeners are looking at, at um, following Michigan a little bit more closely. Go to WolverineChronicle.com. That's the blog site uh, on Twitter or the app formerly known as Twitter, I should call it. Uh, you know, you can find me at Wolverine Cron. And then there's also a Wolverine Chronicle YouTube channel. Um, but something that's probably more relevant uh, to, to your listeners is we've got a pretty cool podcast. It's called the Big House Bleachers podcast. Me, me and a buddy of mine, Matt Hartwell, um, we do it just like you guys do. We uh, get together every weekend, chop it up about Michigan football. It's a lot of fun. And so uh, if, if for any reason uh, Michigan and East Carolina cross paths again in the future, uh, maybe, you know, a bowl game or something, who, know, you know, who knows, uh, we'll, we'll have you on the Big House Bleachers pod. We'll have both you guys on and uh, have a good time. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. You uh you be safe and, and enjoy the game. Enjoy enjoy the season. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Michael. Thank you guys. All right, that, that was Michael Smeltzer from the Wolverine Chronicles. Uh Artie, I mean thoughts. I mean, thoughts on talking about Michigan. How you feeling? Man, I know we got to finish this podcast, but I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready to, I'm ready for it to already be tomorrow morning. I'm ready to already be on the road. I'm ready to already be up there. Like, I'm just, you know, we, we mentioned this before. We've been talking about this for years and like to, for it to finally like actually be in fruition, for it to be here. 
to actually doing it. One of these like lifetime, you know, obviously for me, it's a bucket list thing for me. So, oh man, I'm excited. I'm excited. As am I. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to be sitting on my couch. I'm a, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to put my, uh, this is going to be Scarlett's first football season. Scarlett, my daughter. Yeah. So, um, Savannah. Is she, like she going to have her uh, Pirates or, or, or her little onesie on? What does it say again? Saturdays uh, are for the Pirates? She has a Saturdays are for the Pirates onesie. I, yeah. I don't know if she's going to be wearing that one since mom's going to be home this Saturday. Oh, come um, on. Ooh, we put she, on. She's, she's got another onesie that, that's got like a, a cheerleader megaphone that's purple okay. and gold. So I think that's the one that the wife is wanting her to wear on Saturday. <laughs> Wife's going to, hey, my wife, wife is a Carolina alum. She's going to be wearing purple and gold. I'm going to be wearing purple and gold. We're going to be sitting here pulling on the pulling for the Pirates. And who knows? I mean, I've said it plenty of times already. Why not us? <laughs> well, look, it, it would it would it would take the best football that East Carolina has ever played, plus a little bit of luck and disaster. But you know, there is a chance. There's a chance. There's always a chance, Artie. All right. Um do you have a walk the plank? We can start wrapping up here in a second. We're gonna do walk the plank and then gambling corner. Oh, and, uh, I feel like I did have a walk the plank, but I, and I forgot. You got to come back to you, me. You can you can use the one I sent you uh, over text earlier today. That's I was gonna use that one as part of it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, the, uh, the what is what is this called again? The battle battle of the of the bottles. What was that? What was this called? Bottle wars. Bottle wars. This is so bullshit. Apparently, apparently, people get together. They're at what I'm assuming they're at a club or some sort yeah. of bar or establishment. Basically, you have cities going up against each other. They're buying these really expensive bottles of alcohol and liquor. And essentially, they're trying to flex, but they're not drinking the alcohol. They're spending all this money and they are literally pouring the alcohol out of the bottles onto the floor. Why? We don't know. Why would you waste perfectly good alcohol? Have no idea. Why would you think this is something that you can flex about? It's like, oh, look at me. I can afford to waste. A $200 bottle of liquor. Cool. Not a flex whatsoever. Absolutely dumb. Stupid. Get rid of this. Battle of the bottles. I hate it. So, yes. Walk the plane. Yeah, mine is – Uh, yeah, well, first off, that seems sacrilegious. That it's just dumb. It's just dumb. People can do that. I, I don't know why people would do that. Um, It, it is. It's, it's It really is stupid. Um. <laughs> mine already I, I was watching the Braves game the other night and it cut away uh, well I guess I'm trying to remember how it all went down anyways it was like the changing of the inning the Braves were coming on the field to warm up for the for the next half inning and all of a sudden one guy is like hugging Ronald Acuna Jr. and then like it took it seemed like it took forever for uh Akuna didn't like push this guy off of him or like, like try he, to push him in the face he, or he just, like, just kind of like held his hands up. Like I don't think he he didn't want to like punch the guy. Like the I guy mean, that's was simply assault. Like the guy just came up to him and just started hugging him. I mean, you can tell you can defend yourself. Right. And then another guy comes in and is trying to get to him. And finally, like security, like tackle the guys Ronald Acuna Jr. ends up getting tackled falls to the ground it's just sitting there like of course they don't show it on, on TV because they don't want to give anybody the uh 
they don't want to give anybody like the recognition that they're trying to get for running on the field, right? Right. That honestly, Artie, that should be our uh, fantasy football punishment. No, no, because that's a criminal charge, bro. It, 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 it's 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 only a misdemeanor. I don't know. It, you, is it, is it streaking? Gonna... Are you fully clothed? Or are you streaking? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm you want to see my fat ass running across the field, <laughs> butt ass naked? No, I ain't doing that shit. I mean, look, if it's going to be a punishment, do it all the way. I'm not doing it regardless. I ain't, I'm not running on no professional field for nobody. I'm not doing not to get tackled by no big-ass 350-pound security. Mm-mm-mm. No. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think that I, – I do think that, like, I don't know. I I would like to see something done. But, like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Like, I uh, – if I was Lacuna, yeah, I'm, I'm probably punching the guy. But so, but it, it basically sounds like these guys were just trying to show him love. Then at, at the end, like they no, just like they were like they were, they were so, trying to assault him. Yeah, the second guy was being carried off by two security guards, and like it was almost like a "let me at him, let me at him" like type of like trying to jump out of their arms. But if they were trying to assault him, why didn't they throw any hands, throw punches, kicks? Like if you really trying to assault the guy, like the first. The, well, the first guy was trying to like get him in like almost a. He was too small. Like, like pin him down or something like that. Yeah, like he he kind of grabbed him, and Ronald was just like, "Yo, like, what are you doing?" And I guess he was trying to like suplex him or whatever. <laughs> Jesus. And then, like, the security guards, and then the second guy got to him all at the same time. <laughs> they tackled the other guys. Well, apparently there was a third guy. That was trying to get there, but security got him quick. Jeez. He's too slow. They were trying to jump my man during the middle of the game. This is the NL MVP. They were trying to jump my man at a baseball game. He's arguably, I mean, outside of Shohei Otani, which yeah, he's one I mean, of the best in the world at what he does. <laughs> he's he's a top five baseball player right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to jump this man. I, I don't know. I don't know what Crazy. was going through like their mind, but yeah, that that's my walk the plank. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. And then, all right, Artie, let's uh, we we can start wrapping it up. We do this every year. It's honestly one of my favorite parts about it being football season. Oh, I love this. Love when we do this. Gambling corner. Yes, and Artie. Come uh, come into December, early January, gambling will be legal here in the state of North Carolina. So we'll be able to actually do this for real. We're yeah. already talking. We're already talking to some sports books about coming on and, and joining us as partners on the Boneyard Podcast. Uh, these these odds and lines are these spreads are are from uh, Caesar Sportsbook. I'll pull them straight from ESPN. So if you went to the ESPN app, you're gonna see it. ESPN, which I mean, just signed. A deal with Penn, so they're going to be doing live in-game betting from the ESPN app, I believe, very Ooh, soon, wow. and that that's going to be dangerous. That's that's very dangerous. Oh my goodness, that how is yeah. that going to be regulated? Okay, um, but let, let's go through it. Um, I'm going to jump around on. I'm not going to go straight through the order that I've got it listed here. Um, I, I'm just going to kind of go by what I think is 
in the order of importance to me. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. First one, South Alabama at Tulane. Tulane's a six and a half point favorite. Number 24 in the country. Over under 52. I mean, a lot of people are talking about these two teams being the number one team in their conference. South Alabama being from the Sun Belt. Tulane, of course, the American. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Sun Belt, I think it's the Sun Belt East. I mean, I, th- I feel like anybody could win win the Sun Belt East. Uh, I think that's what South Alabama's in. Um, they're supposed to be a top t- one of the top teams in the Sun Belt. Uh, anyways, how you feel about this? It's at Tulane. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, South Alabama give them a good first half, and and South Alabama they'll they'll probably be good. They'll probably be an eight win, maybe a nine win ball club. Um, but they're going to lose to Tulane. And give me the over. You said over under fifty two and a half. Yeah, yeah. Give me, the, give me the over on that. There'll be some, there'll be some points scored in this game again. South Alabama give them. Actually, I'll say South Alabama give them a solid three quarters. Uh, but okay. this will be put away. This will be put away early in the fourth quarter. Cool. I like it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think, uh, I think Tulane covers, and I think, yeah, I think the over hits. Um. All right. Next, we'll go. This is probably one of the most important games of the weekend. But honestly, I. I I might turn it on if it's close, but otherwise I might just not watch it at all. Yeah. Uh, LSU two and a half point favorite over Florida State number five at number eight over under fifty six. Already, if you remember this game last year, week one, I believe that was week one. It's the best game of of college football last year. Yeah, I mean, you you had it there. I mean, that there were several kickers that night, and we know one of them. that had a hard night on week one. Uh, so LSU, I mean, I say all that. LSU lost the game on a blocked extra point attempt with no time left on the clock. Mm-hmm. Lost uh, 24 to 23. LSU's the number five team. Florida State's the number eight team. Um, what's that That wide receiver out of white, uh, out of Florida State? Uh, he's oh, like. Man. I, I know Jordan, who you're talking about, but I, I don't Jordan, know. Is it Jordan Williams? It might be. I, I really don't know the kid's name, but I know who you're talking about, but I don't know the kid's name. Uh, I think it's Jordan. I think it's Jordan something. I don't know. That that kid is going to be. He he's what nightmares are made out of. Yeah, dude's like six seven, and yeah. athletic. I mean, he he's built like a tight end, but he plays wide receiver. Um, a lot like a lot like a Kyle Pitts, right? And he, honestly, bigger than Kyle Pitts. Um. Mm. How you feel about this one? I, I I lean more towards LSU. I'm not 100% bought in on Florida State this year, but I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I am actually the opposite because and and this game already has playoff implications. Obviously, week one, both of these teams have masses massive excuse me, uh, you know, implications and title hopes. I'm bullish on Florida State. Though. I think I think Mike Norvell has has a solid program down there in Tallahassee. I really think Florida State could win an ACC championship this year. Like they could knock off Clemson, Carolina, your NC States, whatever, whoever else is in the mix. I think Florida State can win it all this year as far as the ACC. I don't think they're good enough to win a Natty, but I think they're good enough to win an ACC championship game or at the very least play in an ACC championship game. So I'm bullish on Florida State. This is going to be now obviously LSU winning. It's kind of, you know, the norm. They're number five in the country. They got uh, Daniels as their quarterback. They're going to be phenomenal, too. Um, but give me Florida State again. I, I think I think FSU 
uh, wins this one. All right. Um, all right. Next, we'll we'll go to uh, we'll go down to Charlotte. UNC at or UNC versus South Carolina in Charlotte. Duke's Mayo Classic. Uh, Drake May, Spencer Rattler. Drake May seen probably as one of the top quarterbacks in in the country going into the season. I I'm never fully sold on Carolina, just right because I mean I've seen it plenty of times where there's them and NC State, which live look in NC State is leading UConn ten seven during halftime. UConn's going to be good this year. All right, I, UConn, you look UConn's going to a bowl game. UConn's winning six games. I, I can see UConn winning this this NC State game that's going on right now. UConn's winning six games. That, that's that's why I'm going to turn it on when, while I'm editing this thing, but. Jim Moore's got a he, he telling you, watch out for you, guys. Anyways, UNC, South Carolina, over under 64 and a half. Carolina is a two and a half point favorite. Hey, I'm I'm running with the Gamecocks here. I, I think the Gamecocks win. I think I think both these schools are improved. I think South Carolina is going to be a player um in their division in the SEC. But I'll say this: if Carolina's defense can just be somewhat competent, cannot give up 40 to 50 points a game. Even if they just give up 30 a game, their offense is going to be so phenomenally good, a top five offense in the country. Carolina can make a lot of people nervous. That, that's that's all I'll say. You know, their offense is going to be there. Take the over. I don't, I don't know what the over is. I don't care what it is. I don't care if the over-under was 75. Take the over. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. If the their defense can show up, Carolina will win this game. Over-under is 64 and a half. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm leaning towards taking the over, um, but yeah, I'm I'm taking South Carolina all the way. We we need to keep we need to keep track of this this year. For one, we say it every year. We need to keep track of our picks. Um, I'm maybe, down, well, let's 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 start let's start with it tonight. Let's let's go ahead and we can make a little you know, the spreadsheet whatever it is whatever we gotta do. Keep track of these picks. All right, Artie, you write them down because okay. I got too much to do after this. That I can do. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Next, UTSA at Houston. This was another good game week one last year. Yeah. And Houston leaving the American, going to the Big 12. UTSA on the road at Houston. All right, let's talk, let's talk real quick about these Houston jerseys. Your thoughts? Um, you know, we, we were talking to Brandon earlier about it in our, in our group chat. It, does seem a little copycat from the, uh, the throwback unis that ECU has. And, you know, maybe it is. Maybe they are biting style. And, you know, that that's just kudos to, to how good we are, what we do. But I think the jerseys are fire. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I think they're great. I think they look phenomenal. Let, let me ask you this. Talking about ECU jerseys, they haven't announced them yet. Typically it happens Thursday night, yeah. Friday morning. Um, this year, earlier this Earlier in the in the calendar year, ECU unveiled the powder purples for uh, for baseball. What would you do if they unveiled powder purples for football? Mm. Your thoughts? That'd be fuego. That'd be fuego. Now, are we going with an all purple look? It's just it's just straight, you know, like like straight Power Ranger look. Yeah, I think so. I I don't think you can change. I think if you're doing powder purple, everything. I don't think you can do like a white unless you do like a black helmet. I don't think you can do like yeah, a white I helmet. I, I think I think that's interesting. I mean, I would have to see that on 
you know, on paper, but I think that's interesting. Somebody make that. Somebody make a powder purple ECU football. We'll, we'll need to get Will on. I need to get Will. Somebody on Twitter earlier said the uh, the black helmets with the white ensemble, like re- recreate the BYU look. And I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, I, I like the I like the white on white with I like the black helmets, but something about the white on white with the purple helmets just seems clean to me. That's clean too. That's clean too. And I, I'll take the white on white with the purple. Oh, but I just I like the white on white with the black, man. I don't know. That black helmet is fire. Or the purple, the purple, white, purple. I mean, you can't go wrong. You can't go yeah. wrong at all. Lots of good looks. Look, I, I thought the Houston jerseys, I thought they were a direct pull off of uh, those SMU Dallas jerseys. They look just alike. They I get what they're doing. They, I get what they're doing. They're, they're throwing it back to, to the Houston Oilers. I get it. Nobody cares. UTSA trumps Houston in Houston and take the over. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I don't know if they trump them, but I, I don't know what to expect from Dana Hogerson's Houston team this year. And I think San Antonio is going to be competing for a conference championship in the American. So give me UTSA. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about Houston right now, but I mean, they seem to have a down year last year. And I mean, it took them a triple overtime to beat UTSA last year. Um, and I don't know. I'm just I'm riding with who's with us now. Right. Right. And. I don't know. I like UTSA. I'm pulling for UTSA in this in this game. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm taking UTSA. All right, Artie, it's time. It's time. Not quite Bruce Buffer. No. <laughs> I I got a I got a baby sleeping upstairs. I, I gotta I gotta keep it down. Uh. ECU, East Carolina University, travels on the road to a town of called Ann Arbor, Michigan, home of the Michigan Wolverines. The spread is disrespectful to me. 36 <laughs> points. Look, my wife, who knows nothing about gambling, I was like, I was explaining this to her. I've been so excited this week. I've been like a kid on Christmas morning all week already looking forward to this game. Look, I know I know what to expect. But there's always that itsy bitsy thought in the back of your head when you play a game like this that what if? What if my school is the one that shocks the world? What if? What if they at least make it a game so that on they're doing live look-ins because Michigan is on the ropes? A la Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson. David and Goliath. The Miracle on Ice. Everyone loves an underdog, Artie. Everyone, except for Vegas. For whatever reason, Vegas does not like this underdog. Vegas is using logic. (laughs) Artie, logic doesn't win football games. Heart does. Grit does. 
and skill. And skill, which we said earlier that we think that this team is the most talented team under Mike Houston, and if not in the last probably 10 years, maybe more. Talent-wise, at least. Maybe maybe they don't have the experience. But I also look at that. I look at that, Artie, and I, I say, you know what? Can you go into a game with a bunch of inexperienced guys or guys that haven't been there before and just let them go out there and play ball? Let them play up to it? That's the only thing you can do. Go so out, why go not? Out, go out there and play. That's the only thing you can do with inexperienced guys. Look, Artie, I – while I am a huge East Carolina Pirate, love my Pirates, Artie, I know. I, I I know what I'm, what I'm to expect on Saturday. But there's not going to be an ounce of me that goes to bed tomorrow night and wakes up on Saturday morning, and says, you know what? There's no reason to play this game. And I guarantee there's 85-plus guys in that locker room that are saying the same thing. We're going to wake up. We got to play a game. We got to play a game. Because if you were just to say, okay, this is a win or this is an L based on this being the number two team in the country, what's the reason of even having a season? What's the reason of waiting over seven months, I guess nine months at this point. What's the reason for waiting that long, Artie? That long to play football. And every single I have I've had a countdown on my on my phone for the last nine months until this day. And I guarantee there's other pirates that have had the same countdown. On their phone. We got to play a game. We got to play a game. Artie. 36 point dogs. Enjoy the spotlight. Enjoy the moment, right? Because this is obviously the biggest stage of your college football career. I think that's most important. They're they're not going to go to a bigger stage in their career enjoy this moment relish in this moment and then also understand i think the most important mentality that these guys got to have is that these michigan players and coaches they eat shit and piss the same way i do same way <laughs> they're not they're not superheroes they're not gods they're not you know they they can't jump buildings with a single leap they got to line up and play us too it's 11 on 11 they got to go out there they actually have to work hard if they want to beat us too Right. So I think that's the most important mindset. You got to go into it. Fresh slate. We're clean. We're, we're ready to play. And why not us? That's the mindset. It's 11 on 11. They're not superheroes. Yeah, we know what they are. Yeah, we understand the stage. They got to play us, too. Yeah. And I mean, already we, we talked about it. The. We talked about it with Michael. I mean, he talked about the potential weakness being one of the potential weaknesses being lack of depth at the wide receiver position. Look, we all know one of the question marks going into this season, secondary for ECU, right? Like, look, I've had plenty of talks with, with Coach Harrell now where he's told, he's convinced me that our secondary is better than it was last year, and I, God, I hope so. But the, you return 
a lot of guys on your front seven on defense that you got to remember last year, Artie, top 20 rush defense in the country. But you're also going against a top five offensive line. But Artie, last year, you may say, oh, well, you got to go against that top five offensive line. You look at week one last year, you go against the top 15 offensive line in NC State. And if it weren't for Luke Larson and Owen Daffer, you win that football game. Pirates by 90. <laughs> no, no. Okay. For real, Artie, here's, here's what I'll say. Last thing, and I'll be done. ECU covers. I I would I would put my paycheck that I got today. ECU covers. Give me a score. Give me a final score. What's the over under? The over under is fifty one and a half. Michigan thirty five. ECU. 21. Okay. I'm I'm going to say Michigan 38, ECU 17. Respectable. 38-17. If you asked me, if you asked me, hey, you go into the big house and you lost by three touchdowns to the we number competed. two team in the country? We competed. Yeah. I'm telling you, we went up there. If we could drop 17 up there and keep them under 40, I'm good. We competed. We competed. Yeah. I got a lot to look forward to the rest of the year. But if, if Artie, ECU finds a way, I might just call out work next week. I might just die on Saturday. And I would be happy. Savannah asked me, she said, what would you rather have? Your Bra- the Braves World Series championship or beating Michigan? I said beating Michigan hands down. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm just going up there as a pure fan of both. And if, if But if I was a witness to an ECU upset in the big house, I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if there's any sporting event that I can go to for the rest of my life that would top that. I really, I really don't. I can't think of one. So. All right. Well, Artie, it's been fun. Good yes. first live show. Those of All you right. that are st- sticking with us okay. on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Um, all right. Artie, let's get out of here. I'm going to go eat. Let's and, do it. Uh, next time we talk, talk, we'll so. be talking about a, a an ECU, an ECU game recap. Sometime next week. All right. Thanks. All right. Well, let's let's get out. As always, Pirate Nation, we love you. Have a happy, great opening college football weekend. Wash your hands, wash your butts. Deuce. Peace.